Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I am so stoked to bring you this amazing episode today with a friend and expert of mine that has been on the podcast before, Miss Danielle Darling. Hello. Welcome back, my friend. Heidi, it's always so good to be with you. It's just like old times back in college, right? (laughs) It is. We go way back and we were both kind of in the events industry looking to use our use our expertise in that area. And here we are today on a whole nother service-driven profession. Isn't it, isn't it wild how life takes you in one direction and then just pivots you the other direction? It's so interesting, isn't it? It really it's is. So, mm-hmm. We've always had so many similarities. We both kind of went through divorce around similar chapters of our life and found ourselves again. And we both moved to different locations, totally different than where we were living. I didn't have kids. You did. But, and then recently you became certified as a life coach and well being yeah. mentor. Yes. Yes. So I work with a holistic nutrition company and I was working with people with a clinically backed system that's scientifically proven to get results and people would just stop themselves. They would get in their own way. And I decided I wanted to go back and learn these modalities and these ways about how the brain functions so that I could serve my people better and get them better results. So now I have a 16 week total transformation system and I allow, so I integrate the mind and the body and back it up with the holistic nutrition that fuels that positive energy and source in our body. So it's really, really exciting to be able to bring everything together and give a holistic approach for people. Mm -hmm. I love it too, because you're a walking example of that too. You've gone through your own body transformations and then soulful transformations and now mindset transformations. And it's like, you literally not only are the whole package, but you bring the whole package out to so many people. Before we jumped on, you were even saying like, we were talking about going to networking events and you're just so out there everywhere all the time, really, really deeply connecting with people and building those relationships so that people know that when they come to your space as a coach and a service led leader, that you're trustworthy and you will truly, truly provide the results because mm-hmm. you've done it yourself on yourself. Absolutely. I mean, that's the most important thing. You know, this as, as a divorce coach, you have to do the work. You have to do your own work. You have to be able to understand what it's like for your client to sit in their seat by being in the seat and going through the processes. So yeah, it's so important. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we're going to dive deep into today is crafting a new identity and specifically Mm -hmm. post-divorce. However, this crafting a new identity messaging is going to be so critical to anyone that Mm -hmm. feels like they are bumping up against something who feels like maybe they have lost their sense of self Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And so I really think this message is going to translate in so many different areas, but let's just start first by talking about what are identities? Yeah. Identities. Identities are like a set of beliefs, values, and behaviors that make up who you are. They pretty much with there are this story collection of stories that we've collected from childhood and have modified our brain into reactive patterns that keep us safe, keep us feeling loved, keep us feeling accepted. The problem is, is that a lot of times they can set, I, I love um, what Ed Milet says about this. It, it, your identity sets your thermostat. So you're thinking of it like a thermostat, right? So if your thermostat is set at 65 degrees all the time, you're going to get 65 degree results in your life. So you have to intentionally raise your thermostat and raise your identity and sense of self in order to get like better results. And I love that we're talking about this on a divorce focused podcast, because a lot of times when we enter relationships, especially if we get married younger, like you and I did, I know that I was so attached to being loved and accepted that I modified who I was and I didn't understand who I was. So this has really been a massive transition and journey for me this past year saying, okay, well, what were those things? What was I doing that was for validation, for acceptance? And what is my truth? And figuring out the difference between those two things and crafting a new identity that is basically is the center point for everything. If you have an identity that's rooted in like excellence and integrity and being true to yourself, forming habits is going to be so much easier when it comes from an identity-based habit creation versus forcing it from in, in outside in, which is where a lot of people are at here at the beginning of the new year. We're in January, 2023. So it all works like together. And that's why identity is so incredibly important. Here's a random question. Do we need identities? How mm. do I, do we need identities or is the goal to rid ourselves of all identities, or is there a purpose behind having an identity? Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting question. I feel like an identity is like, it gives you guardrails, right? It helps you make decisions easier in your life because you're saying, no, 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 that's not part of my value system, but this is. Yeah. So it can be fluid and it can evolve and it it's not rigid by any means. It doesn't have to be, but I feel like it's a great filter that you can create that allows you to focus on what's important and have intentionality around your life. Mm, I love that so, <laughs> so much because I think the fluidity and the evolution is the really important part of checking in with yourself on a pretty regular basis to see what identities you are connecting with. And if there's any that maybe you need to let go, and I know both Absolutely. you and I, like at the end of the year, I know you're a very reflective person and so am mm -hmm. I. And I encourage everybody to go through the process of reflection on a monthly basis. 
at minimum and definitely an annual basis at the very, 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 very least. Mm -hmm. So at the end of 2022, you and I were kind of back and forthing a little bit on letting some patterns, behaviors, identities really go. Is there, are there any, and don't feel pressure to share, but are there any that you finally realized you were still hanging on to that you needed to Mm -hmm. let go of? Mm-hmm. For me, like in, I have a business partner who's incredibly successful. And uh, at the end of the year, I identified a shame cycle pattern that I had created around her success. So she would be successful. And then I would run and hide because I was not feeling successful in my own right. So I decided to focus on the abundance mentality. And, 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 you know, I'm a very abundant person. I'm always like connecting and giving and whatnot. But like this had just creeped up for me because it somehow I felt like it was reflecting on my sense of worth because I wasn't as like productive or whatnot as her. And so it's just like, like identifying those patterns. And that's what I do with my coaching. So because we create these stories, a lot of our I am statements originate in childhood experiences, events, and trauma. And a lot of times it's little T trauma. It's like, you know, this little something thing that like Susie said something to me on the basketball court or mommy was agitated one day and she said that. So what we do in my practice is that we go and we identify the event that has caused the I am statement. And usually this happens as early as like six to eight years old, right? Yeah. Where we're first like just being really mad about starting to have language and understanding language and how powerful words are. And we reorient our and reframe the emotions and beliefs that come from this event and create a new belief and a new I am statement. And it's incredible the results people get from this because it's like once you, it's like this, you have this one event and there's, it's like a string of pearls. All these events are like connected and you snip one and the whole thing falls apart. And so people are able to release so many things that have held them back because of this one incident that was reinforced, that the brain reinforced over and over and over again, because they had to modify their behavior to feel loved and accepted in that childhood moment. And then it keeps coming up and up and up and up. And that's why, you know, a lot of people have codependency issues now because of that, because they just want to be loved and accepted. Right. So. What are some of the I what are some of the I am statements that you see people having those pain points with? Can you name a few? It's just a couple examples. I was I the most pervasive one that is most everybody has is an I am not enough statement. Everybody has this one, whether mm-hmm. they see it now, but if you're going through a funked up time. I'm telling you, if you look, if you really sit with yourself and you try to say the phrase, I Mm -hmm. am enough. I do this in my yoga practice in the morning. She often brings, my teacher often brings that one up. And there are days where I feel it like, yeah, I am. I sure as heck am. And there are days, Danielle, where I literally just start crying. I want to cry. 
And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be because somebody said something mean to me that day or because I didn't, something extraordinary didn't happen that day or I didn't get invited to lunch or what, you know, like yeah. it doesn't have to be a, a thing. It can just be because of those past identities that are still connected to that part yeah. of me that doesn't feel enough. And you're probably, when you said it in that moment where it elicited an emotional reaction, you were saying it to the little girl inside of you, yeah, the seven-year-old self who had a moment where her enoughness was questioned. And your enoughness, your worthiness is your birthright. You are worthy just enough just because of who you are and just for by being here. Why do you think we as humans have a hard time just accepting that? It is very simple. Enoughness is your birthright and that you are. But I haven't met a person who hasn't gone like at least given me a side eye like, eh. Nobody gets out of childhood unscathed. I mean, (laughs) you could have like the most loving like parents and everything, but there is always something. There's always something there. And, you know, it is our birthright, but it's society. And, and, and I think social media has exacerbated this into of the fullest extent because we are constantly comparing ourselves to, you know, what is out there instead of saying, what's just true for me. I was listening to this really interesting podcast about the podcast. It's actually a Mel Robbins podcast. I'll, I'll shout that out. It's, mm, she's that one's so her. good. So I good. Know. Yeah. And her son was dealing with some self-confidence issues and then went into COVID and went home surrounded by people that he loved. And he was, you know, he had a wall between the person, the people that were affecting his self-confidence at school, people who were talking about his legs were too skinny or something like that. And without those messages coming in every day or getting those side glances from people, he stepped into his own. And so here's a really powerful quote that I hope will resonate with, with your listeners. It says, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Boom. Right. And I, wow. I, I will, I will get you the person who said that. <laughs> um, but it is, it's a really powerful quote because it really is just helps you see how much we worry about what other people think about us instead of just looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what's true for me and stepping into that. So we Mm. should all over ourselves because of expectations of society. And that's, what's really important about like, especially for women coming out of divorce, like they create a identity as a wife and as someone who learned how to get love and acceptance from this particular partner, instead of getting love and acceptance from ourselves. And that is foundational. And first and foremost, is that love and acceptance of ourselves is, is the only thing that really, truly matters. I love that you just said that because literally that was... People ask me sometimes like, well, what is the biggest thing that you've learned through divorce? And I always say, I learned that I did not love, accept, validate, or stand in my truth the way that I wanted to. And Mm -hmm. that wasn't his fault. Honestly, that was my fault for, and, and not in a blaming kind of a way, but it was, it was on me because I didn't even, we don't grow up going to classes on things like 
how to recognize your identities or shift your identities or heal your mindset or find yourself or know yourself. We just go through and we continue to collect all of these identities and beliefs and values and things from other people outside of ourselves through childhood and then into high school and then into college if you go there or wherever your journey finds you. And then we plop into adulthood with all this stuff with no toolbox on how to actually stand in who we are or even and we're, so, and we're so and we're so to get disconnected from who we are yeah. right and we continue that because sometimes getting to know yourself is really painful oh yeah i'm so glad you said that especially right. especially after divorce right mm-hmm. owning your shit are we are we allowed to contest oh it? yeah you can go no, for it. okay Owning your shit is a big part of that process because acceptance is not only just accepting yourself for the good things, but also accepting yourself for all the bad things. And I think forgiveness is a huge key part of that self-love and saying, hey, I am Dr. Becky Goodman. She's amazing. No, Becky Kennedy. I'm sorry. Dr. Becky Kennedy. You can find her on Instagram. She works with children. And she always says a statement that's like, I am a good person who. I am a good person who yelled at my kids. I am a good person who got a divorce. Yeah. I'm a good person who didn't show up as my authentic self in my marriage. I'm a good person who didn't know herself enough. And put herself aside in order to get love and acceptance. And I think that is so key in the whole scheme of things is just accepting yourself for the good things and the bad things. And that the part about that I wanted to connect was that a lot of times looking at the negative parts of ourselves is really painful. So people avoid that and mm-hmm. we numb out. So we, you know, get a drinking habit or we Netflix and chill or we scroll all night long to avoid, 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 avoid. Meanwhile, if you're scrolling, you're getting negative messages about, you know, who you are anyway, or comparing yourself to, to everything else that's out there. But we numb out. And when you numb out one emotion, you numb out all emotions. Yes. So you can't feel joy. You can't feel that connectedness with yourself. If you don't also put the phone down, put the drink down, put the remote down and actually go in and sit with the emotion. Mm. And it does. You know, and it doesn't have to be scary. Biologically, emotions only last 90 seconds in our nervous system. It's the thoughts that perpetuate it. So if you can say, I'm feeling uncomfortable about this part of myself. And when that negative emotion creates tension in your body, saying, I am a good person and I forgive myself for this. Mm. It takes you from those fear-based emotions and clicks you over to love-based emotions. Yeah. And that that is where only healing can begin in that love-based emotions. Mm, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, first of all, finding your identity that you're in mm-hmm. right now, and then we'll shift into shifting into identities. But if to anybody who's like, well, I've never even thought about the fact that I have an, have an identity. Where do I start to begin to understand what identities I might have within me right now? It starts with self-awareness. It starts with thoughts and feeling your body. So like I said, when you get into that negative state, if a negative thought comes in, 
and you immediately feel tension in your body, that is your signal. That's your triggers. They say, oh, something is not aligned. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and we are met here to feel good. That is what our spiritual source wants us for us. Is they want us to feel good. So anytime we're not feeling good, it means that we're not living in alignment with who we are. It was just who we should be, right? It was so something just so simple. Last yesterday, I went, I got out of the bathroom and I was like, I should turn off the light. But I was like, oh, it's, it's it's morning. I'm like, I'm not gonna turn off the light. But the door was closed. And my partner was sleeping and he got up and he was like, I was so worried about you. Well, I'm like, I felt that little, I felt that intuition, like I should turn the light off, but I just didn't. And he was like worried about me because he thought I was like sick in the bathroom and he didn't want to interrupt me. So it's like, it's just like following your intuition and then Mm. noticing like when an I am thought comes in, that is when it's tied to identity. I am this, I am that. Mm. Um, So it's just noticing those things and saying, okay, if I'm having a, I am thought is this thought, how does that feel in my body? Right. Am I feeling tension anywhere? A lot of times people will feel tension in their third chakra, which is the space right underneath the rib cage there, yes. your solar plexus. And I, I, this comes up for me all the time. It's like, if I feel tension there, I'm like, this is deep seated in my enoughness. This is where your self-worth and self-confidence comes from. So if you feel tension in your body, it's just being aware and saying, hmm, I wonder I'm curious, where is that coming from? No judgment, no, no, no judgment at all around these feelings. Just just feeling the feeling and kind of accepting what is and and getting curious about it, walking Mm -hmm. around it. I wonder where that's coming from. That's a really great place to start. Yeah. What identities do you see? I, I don't know that you've, I feel like you know other divorced women or maybe just talking about yourself. What identities do you feel like you or other divorced women you've seen are usually uh, sometimes hold on to or are identifying with that are maybe holding them back? Mm-hmm. Um, I think people pleasing is a big one because that comes from that necessity to feel love, connection, and acceptance. And by pleasing other people and putting themselves aside, they end up getting that love and acceptance, but losing it with their integrity with themselves. Ooh, that's a great example. So how do we shift or release this kind of identity? Maybe you just talked about it a little bit before here, but yeah, it is. It is a lot of that like self-awareness and, and asking yourself, well, why getting, just getting curious about our behaviors and taking a look at things instead of just going through the motions saying, well, why am I doing this? Am I, am I trying to prove myself to somebody? Does it feel good to do this? So I, my mantra for this year is like, I'm not doing anything that doesn't feel good. Like it's all that I should turn the bathroom light off. Okay. Let's just say that. <laughs> like I, it's nothing that, that doesn't feel bad to me. Cause then, cause a lot of times those feelings were uh, coming from a place of I should versus a, a desire and a pull and a magnetic magnetism to the experience. Like we were just talking about networking and stuff like that. You're like, how do you do it? It was like, like it feels good. And that's what inspires me to keep showing up. I think that's a really, really great, uh, a really great tip there is just like, 
when you want to lean into something, you get to ask yourself, like, who am I? And is this what I want to do? Or is this Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to tell myself I have to do? You don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything. You get to do things that you want to do. Um, And sometimes we do things that we don't want to do, but I think it always goes back to things that we want for ourselves. So maybe you might not want to do yoga in the morning like I did this morning. I really didn't want to do yoga, but my future self, the version of me that shows up most aligned, wants me to do that so she can show up. So it's right. Like, and that's where identity comes into, into it so much. It's like, if I, if I consider myself, I am somebody who has vibrant health. Well, then if you goal set to the now, what does that mean? That means that every day I have to, I prioritize the food that I'm eating and that like three days a week I show up to yoga then that's what I was saying about identity-based habits is that if you come at your new year's resolutions from a perspective of, you know, I am, I can't be successful at this because I am just somebody who loves food or whatever, that if you change the identity of, I can be at a healthy weight because I am someone who prioritizes my health that feels energetically completely different than you trying to force it from the outside in when you're trying to force the outcome and the processes to become the identity is a lot harder. Yeah. But if you start with an inside, then the processes and the outcomes are just so much easier. So it's keeping that outcome in mind. And like you said, that vision that you have for yourself and who you want to show up as. And that's I, why identity creation is such a huge part of the program that I do. So. Ooh, I love that identity creation. Yeah. And I feel like that awareness is a great place to start. Are there any other things that we can do to just start the process of identity creation for ourselves? Mm, I think I say self-awareness forgiveness, mm. feeling the feeling and accepting it mm. are the key. I think for me, the anchor points to starting that process. That's mm-hmm. really beautiful. That's really, and really I beautiful. Actually have, I have a gift for your, your listeners. I, ha- I created a 30 day journal called the reconnection ritual that does this process. It is, has a weekly assignment mm. and then a daily journal prompt where we do a five, four, three, two, one. So it's five things I am four things that I want or ways that I want to feel three things I'm grateful for because all abundance is, is anchored in gratitude, two things that I'm forgiving myself for. And one way that I am supporting my best self today. That's so, awesome. So we'll link that and get that all linked or we, you can find me on my Instagram and we'll, we'll get it, figure out how to get it linked. But yeah. I want to give that to your listeners because I think it's a, The thing about all of this is is it's a practice. It's not a light switch situation. And I think, you know, we're in our 40s. It's like people think, oh, I should know this stuff by now. But it's not. So I use this analogy. And it's think of when you're born, your brain is like this lush green forest. And you can't see the forest through the trees. You can't see a path to the other side or to where you want to be, but a sign- something significant will happen and like a pathway will be walked. And so you 
at first the grass starts to get a little matted down and then soon the grass starts to like get pushed away and then all of them then you have a clear dirt path sometimes you have a, a like a crevice like through the and through the forest and that is what happens when you have says oh this is what i need to how i need to act to be safe and then so anytime something triggers that that's the pathway that's walked so we're sitting here later in life wanting to make changes because these old pathways are not getting us to where we want to be mm-hmm. so we have to intentionally walk a new path and create a new path in the forest Mm-hmm. So we have to, and it's every day making that intention, making that choice, making that choice for that identity that we're stepping into and that habit that we're creating from this identity that we want to be, that will create the new path. And then soon that path will become easier to traverse than the old path, because if it's not being walked every single day, then it will start to grow over. Yes. So. I think that's just a really beautiful visual. It helps kind of anchor it for me. So I that hope is, that for your listeners as well. That's a great visual. And I'm so excited about all the work that you're doing and the way that you're supporting people. And this ritual that you've created sounds incredible that we'll drop in the show notes. And I also wanted to share um, with you and the listeners an identity that I didn't realize I had until this mm. year that I dropped and it was lingering from my divorce. And that was nine, seven years ago, seven years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm out on a walk, which I believe like so many downloads come to us in motion. Oh, absolutely. And in nature, which is why I love to combine the two and I do it almost every day. So I'm walking around and all of a sudden I thought to myself, why do we call our partners significant others? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we call our partner's significant others. And then it occurred to me that I was finding a lot of my significance in being and other. Mm. And mm, once I, powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and this can happen. You can find significance in being a friend and there's, and there's nothing wrong being with part this. of an organization, being, being a daughter, a daughter, yeah. a mother or whatever, uh, whatever you know, all these identities. I think it's just important where we attach our identities to and what we've made meaning around them to. And if it's something that is in line with our beliefs and our values and our behaviors, like all of those things. And I realized that me seeking so much significance through my other, it was like resourcing, resourcing, resourcing. I wasn't giving that to myself. And so now I don't call my guy, my significant other, I call him my partner because I believe that we're just in partnership with each other along this mm-hmm. path and this journey and and no shame or blame to anybody who loves the phrase yeah. significant other. Yes. It, because I think it also means they are significant, significant in your life. You. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a really beautiful thing. But I realized that I was using it in a way that was not serving me. And I think mm-hmm. that's another important thing too, about what we're talking about is there is no shame in any identity that you choose that's going to serve you. But I always love to ask myself when I uncover these identity pieces, or I start to create, use them to create new identities. I go, is this serving my highest self? Is Mm -hmm. this serving my soul's purpose? And if it is great, 
Use it for the momentum to keep moving you in the direction of all that you desire. And if it's not, work on the internal space with a mentor or a coach or an energy healer. There are so many people out there that can help you move through these spaces and you'll know who that person is for you because you'll hear them on a podcast or you'll see them at, you'll see them, you'll, you'll just see them energetically out in the world and you'll be attracted to them. So if you hear Danielle today and you're attracted to that, please connect with her because I know if you feel attracted to her, she can support you through this Mm -hmm. creation process. You You are just an amazing powerhouse. So thank you. One one thing note about that before we wrap up, I wanted to say there's, so Sean Stevenson says, I don't believe, don't believe any thought that doesn't empower you. And so when a thought, negative thought comes in, as we're noticing and we're getting curious about the things, that, especially the I am statements that filtrate through our subconscious, well, it, ask yourself, well, is that really true? And a hundred percent of the time you will find that it's not. Yes. But it's taking that moment to say, is that really true? And getting yourself out of that fear-based thought pattern and into a love-based thought pattern and energy. And it takes, like I said, that self-awareness, but it will transform your life. Absolutely. I love that. And it's so simple too. I think everybody can use just that. If you take nothing else mm-hmm. away, use use just Absolutely. that. Is is that really true? Because that that question alone will lead you to know if that identity is for you or not. And I help you figure out what that looks like. And I would take it a step further and ask you guys to ask yourself that question three times, because more than likely that ego part of you is going to go, is that really true? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then ask it again is, but is that really true? Is that, and then is that really true? Slow it down on the third time. And get it out of your head and into your body. Because your body it. will tell you whether or not it's true. That's if you have it. any tension anywhere, you, it's it's not true. That's it. Oh, oh, I love you. I love this conversation. Love I you. love me too. all of our <laughs> chats. They make me feel alive. I hope they make our listeners feel so alive and feel that momentum to move forward in their life. So where can people find you? What are you up to these days? I mean, you have so many amazing services going on. Where can they yeah. connect with you? Well, I'm in the process of, of designing and, and releasing my course. Um, like I said, I'm going to have one that's that's nutrition-based and one that's not. But the best way to just keep up on all things that I'm doing is on my Instagram, which is Danielle Lee Darling, as in, isn't she darling? Not <laughs> darling. Uh, and that's, and then DanielleLeeDarling.com. It's it's just a landing page right now, but we're we're really excited about the programs that I'm creating. And it's, it's going to, I'm so excited to help people because this modality is is so powerful and it's going to change so many lives. So. <laughs> well, you are so darling and I love you to pieces and I'm so grateful for you. So are you darling. <laughs> I'm going to close with our typical questions that you've answered a million times, but it changes every time because we're a different person oh. every day. What is one thing you love about you? Uh, I love just... I. I'm loving who I'm showing up as like a total package right now. Like I, 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 even at my networking event this morning, people who had seen me for like a, a year, they were like, they, in front of everybody was like, you have changed so much and then just grown in so many ways. So I love that. I like, 
I'm a light, like, and I'm shining it bright for like the first time in my life. So yes. You are a light. You are such a bright, bright light. I adore you. (laughs) And lastly, what does joy feel like in your body? Oh, it feels like alignment. It feels like that tingling sensation. We did a self-love workshop on Sunday and we did this like grounding breathwork exercise. And when you do like a lot of breathwork and you just feel like your cells are electrified and pumping through your system, you know, that's how what it feels like. Woo, electrified with the breath of life feels so good. So, so good. Yeah. All right. Thank you for being here. And thank thank you. you. Thank you all for listening. Make sure that you go out into the world, shine your own light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullyb and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.